Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America on this Wednesday, the 25th of May. Uh, We continue, of course, to pray for... uh, all the victims and all those affected by this tragedy in Texas, this shooting, it affects all of us. And we continue to lift that situation up to the Lord. And uh, it's also the day after the uh, primary elections in uh, places like Georgia and uh, Arkansas and Alabama. And uh, we are continuing to go deeper into the uh, elections of 2022, this super important midterm election season. So we'll talk and pray about all this here together tonight. Let's go to the book of Proverbs to start off with some uh, scripture. And chapter 8, starting in verse 22, it's speaking about wisdom. We all need wisdom. Our nation needs wisdom to deal with tragedies like we've seen, to make decisions in elections like we're having. Wisdom is a key theme, uh, should be a key theme of our prayers. Uh, Let's see what this uh, chapter says about wisdom. The Lord begot me, the firstborn of his ways, the forerunner of his prodigies of long ago. From of old I was poured forth at the first before the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains or springs of water, before the mountains were settled into place, before the hills, I was brought forth, while as yet the earth and the fields were not made, nor the first clods of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there, when he marked out the vault over the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he fixed fast the foundations of the earth, when he set for the sea its limit so that the waters should not transgress his command, then was I beside him as his craftsman, and I was his delight day by day, playing before him all the while, playing on the surface of his earth, and I found delight in the sons of men. So now, children, listen to me. Instruction and wisdom do not reject. Happy the man who obeys me, and happy those who keep my ways. Happy the man watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. For he who finds me finds life, and wins favor from the Lord. But he who misses me harms himself, and all those who hate me love death. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the voice of wisdom speaking in this passage, because we know, O Father, that this voice of wisdom is none other than your Son, the Word, Christ, God from God, begotten, not made, the one who is wisdom incarnate, the one who was indeed with you, O Father, from the beginning. For in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and through Him all things were made. Wisdom is the Word. The Word is wisdom. And indeed, He finds delight 
in entering into us, filling us, guiding us, accompanying us, making us friends of God and prophets. We ask for wisdom. We ask for your Son. We ask for your Spirit. We ask for that light, for that guidance, for that strength, for that ability, Lord, to see things that are unfolding in our nation as you see them, and for the strength to make the changes that are possible to make with your grace. We pray as we do all things, through Christ our Lord. Amen. That is a beautiful passage about wisdom. And, you know, you compare that with the beginning of John's gospel and you see that Christ always existed. He always existed with the Father and he is the word, the wisdom that permeates the universe, governs and guides the universe. And that governance, that guidance, that providence our founding fathers believed in, placed their trust in. And it's so important to remember when things seem to be off balance when tragedies happen like the one that we're praying about in Texas, when key decisions have to be made that will affect the very direction of our nation as is happening with all these elections. Pray for wisdom. We pray for one another that we will have wisdom in our decisions and in the service that we give within our family, within our churches, and within our communities. So brothers and sisters, the primary elections, uh, once again yesterday, several states had their primary uh, races. And of course, today, you know, a lot of commentary uh, being made about it, especially, of course, in Georgia. Uh, what we see in the primaries, of course, is a reflection of the, the mood of the voters and the way that the voters uh, are, at least in these various states, are, uh, are looking at things at this point. And we see that they're making a distinction between the federal and the state level. Uh, we have uh, a lot of these federal candidates, uh, the ones that President Trump uh, got behind, Herschel Walker, for example, now U.S. Senate candidate in Georgia. That is really great. And... Uh, also, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene there in, uh, in Georgia with a very strong uh, victory. Uh, but when it comes to the state level offices, you know, these governors, you know, sometimes uh, the, uh, what we have seen so far uh, in this uh, primary uh, election season is, uh, uh, is, uh, is, is, is very often favor of the election favoring the incumbents, favoring more the establishment candidates. Uh, but each race, of course, has its particular dynamics, and it's important, uh, although uh, despite the tensions in Georgia uh, that have existed between uh, President Trump and, um, and the, uh, the governor and the secretary of state, it's not that they ran against either Trump himself or the Trump um, movement as such. Uh, but obviously, as we know, there were serious disagreements and criticisms regarding the 2020 election. But this will continue to, to uh, unfold as we see these other primary races, these endorsements, and the uh, mood of the voters uh, coming out and being expressed uh, in this way. Let's encourage 
involvement. Let's encourage, uh, and, and that's the other thing to be said about Georgia, of course. Uh, and this is very interesting. What did we see in Georgia when we had uh, recently, of course, the election reform laws that were passed, making it easier to vote uh, early, tightening up, for example, the process with the, the ballot boxes, uh, limiting the number of these, uh, these, uh, these ballot boxes and the hours during which they would be uh, operated, and of course, for absentee ballots, requiring photo identification. Now, what did we hear uh, coming out of the uh, the Biden administration and others in the in the Democrat Party? What did we hear in response to these voter laws? Very heavy criticism, Jim Crow 2.0, and and oh, this is going to suppress. This is going to suppress voting. And yesterday in Georgia, in fact, over these recent weeks with the early voting, we saw just the opposite. Record high volume of early voting, surpassing the 2018 midterm, surpassing the 2020 election. People are coming out and voting. And very strong Republican numbers as well in in the voting. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, obviously, these laws that were passed that the other side was complaining were voter suppression laws did not suppress the vote. And they weren't intended to. They were intended to secure the vote. And in fact, to help voters vote. So this is a big takeaway from uh, yesterday, uh, especially in Georgia. Uh, and then we saw, you know, a lot of notable other races. Of course, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be now the uh, candidate for governor there in Arkansas. And, and of course, very likely to win that election in the general uh, in November. Just with all that, let's go back into prayer because we need to pray for all these candidates. We need to pray for these voters. We need to pray for the primary races that remain, uh, and there are many that remain. We've only just gotten started, but we've gotten started in a lot of key important places. So, Father, we pray for America. We pray as we watch the returns in these different primaries now, practically every Tuesday. Uh, as we watch them, Lord, we pray. We pray that, first of all, your people may rise up and recognize that while politics is not their salvation, their response to you requires that they be politically active. We pray that the citizens of this great nation, so many of whom are also disciples of your son, will rise up and recognize that the same hands lifted up to you in prayer are the hands that cast their vote. The same eyes that read your word are the eyes that read the names on the ballot and that we do not cease to be disciples of Christ when we enter the voting booth. Bless the citizens as we undertake these primary elections. Lord God, bless all those who ran in the election uh, the elections yesterday in the various states that had primaries. Bless these candidates, bless their teams, and those now, Lord, who will be on the ballot as a, re as a result of yesterday's vote. 
May they indeed run campaigns that are clear and honest, that are compelling, and that those who are embracing the truth and the agenda of America, the agenda of life, may indeed succeed in communicating that motivation to the voters and bring about great advances for the culture of life and for the greatness of America. We ask all this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Well, speaking of uh, elections and uh, numbers and polling, did you see how low the number has gotten of people who believe that our country is on the right track? Now it's down to like 18%. When that few people think we're on the right track, that leads to change in the elections. That is not good for the party that is currently in power. 18%. Furthermore, connected with that, you want to see the mood of the country and the likely way in which they're going to vote in November, especially with the with the con- congressional vote in the House, especially. Look at the approval ratings of the president. And again, what you have is a new low of 39%. Uh, these are these are our powerful numbers, and it really shows a discontent that is and has been for a while now. Uh, brewing among the people. These are not just poll numbers. This is, this is a trend. This is a, a current a current status of the country. Uh, and that, brothers and sisters, is important. Then, of course, we're seeing uh, all these things going on with uh, Twitter and uh, Elon Musk. Uh, interesting report that came out that I'm sure most of you saw in regard to Joe Biden's Twitter account. This is a report out of um, a company called SparkToro, their tool, their analysis tool, showing that 49.3% of the accounts following the official POTUS Twitter account, the official account of the president, are fake followers, fake accounts. And also, those that follow the personal account at Joe Biden, more than 14 million of these are either fake or insufficiently active. Now, SparkToro reportedly defines what is fake as accounts that are unreachable and will not see the account's tweets, either because they are spam, bots, propaganda, Uh, or because they are no longer active on Twitter. And of course, it's this whole matter of how many of these accounts are fake that has Elon Musk concerned and is causing him to ask for an accounting of this before going forward with his purchase of uh, of Twitter. Um, You know, it's good that this comes out. It's good that this comes out because transparency uh, is, is, is one of the things, of course, that 
Elon Musk is, is, is trying to achieve when it comes to these gigantic tech companies. Hey, let us know what, how are you doing your business? What are you doing? What's the real deal here? What's going on? How are you writing your, your uh, algorithms and your mechanisms for, uh, well, having people join or kicking people off or uh, making things appear more easily than other things appear. Let, 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 let's call for some transparency, both in the, in, the, in the big tech companies and also as we want to have in government, and I can say as a member of the clergy, that we want to have in the church too. Church leaders should be, uh, should be transparent. I very much believe in transparency and accountability every day. By the way, some of you follow me on uh, my daily diary. I put up a video every day explaining exactly what I did hour by hour uh, the, uh, in the previous, the previ either the previous day or sometimes I'll combine a few days together into one video, depending on my travels. But I don't skip a day. Every day you'll be able to go on, and this is at priestsforlife.org slash daily dash diary. Look at my website, priestsforlife.org. Look up daily dash diary, and, uh, and you'll see. Uh, because I believe that it's, you know, we're all in this together. Many of you are supporting our work. Many of you are helping us uh, do our work, getting involved in our projects. And uh, it's important that leaders of ministries, leaders of organizations, leaders in the church, leaders in government, be accountable to the people that they are serving. And that's the key word, is serving. They're not supposed to be... Um, lording it over. You know, as Jesus says in the gospel, you know, among the pagans, those who are in authority make their authority felt and they lord it over their people. It cannot be that way with you. The greatest among you must be the servant of the rest. Well, part of service, part of that whole idea is uh, accountability, transparency. We hold no secrets. We, you know, we're, we're here to, to serve you. And uh, so this is something that uh, these developments with uh, Twitter, are important to uh, to follow and uh, and to understand. Then, oh my goodness, did you see this? Um, Military.com. Okay. According to this source, the U.S. Army is drafting a new policy that would allow soldiers to claim a discrimination exemption. Now, this would allow them to relocate to a new base in a different state. All right. But what do these exemptions cover? The draft policy would allow, quote, soldiers to declare that certain states are too racist, too homophobic, too sexist or otherwise discriminatory, to be able to live there safely and comfortably. You know, with the prospect of our nation's abortion policy changing as a result of uh, the imminent decision of the Supreme Court likely to overturn Roe v. Wade, and therefore allowing the states more latitude to either allow abortion or not, I wonder if in this discriminatory a policy and these criteria, it would also include states that are discriminatory against the youngest children, the children that are still in their mother's womb. If you don't recognize them as persons, 
but you recognize born people as persons. If you protect the born, but you don't protect the unborn, that is the most unjust and destructive kind of discrimination. There's all different kinds of discrimination. Not every kind of discrimination actually beheads the people that are being discriminated against. Abortion does. And, yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, hey, I don't like this state because they're, they're, killing, the, they're killing the unborn. Let me go to a, to a more pro-life state. But this kind, of, this kind of stuff, you know, yet another example of this, um, this left woke culture you know, everything's about discrimination. Everything's about division. Everything's about setting up the victim and the oppressor. And everything's about this. They look at reality through this lens and this lens only. And it really is getting annoying to a lot of people. We've had enough of this constant drumbeat of, uh, of, this, of this nonsense. Of course, where, where there's real discrimination, where there's real racism, we have to fight against it. Brothers and sisters, when you start labeling everything according to this and, 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 and making it the lens through which you look at life itself, it becomes harder to distinguish the real thing and to fight against the real thing. And that, of course, is part of the problem uh, here that we are uh, dealing with. I have a couple of books here, too, that I wanted to uh, mention to you. I don't know if you've read them. Uh, be interesting to hear in the comments if you're familiar with them. You might want to check them out. Uh, first of all, um, well, going back a couple of years, actually, one of these is newer than the other. Uh, and going back a couple of years, there, there's this book by Daniel Allott called On the Road in Trump's America. And the interesting thing about this book is that it gives Trump voters across the country a voice. Why did you vote for President Trump? Are you glad that you voted for him uh, or not? And to get into the mind, the author tries to get into the mind and heart and thoughts and feelings of those who uh, voted for President Trump and, and uh, be interested to hear what you, what you think about uh, uh, this particular uh, but this particular book, uh, one of the reviews I saw of it said almost everyone the author spoke to not only did not regret voting for President Trump, not only would vote for him again, but didn't know anyone who felt otherwise. Uh, and that's an interesting um, uh, statement to make. Uh, Trump supporters have strong values, believe in and support strong communities prefer rural small-town areas, and relate to Trump as a non-politician, someone who understands business, and somebody who has their back. They are not swayed by personality flaws or a lack of political correctness. Well, to push back against political correctness, of course, is one of the key reasons that so many of us support him. Uh, then you have this book, Beyond Biden. Now, this is from our friend Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, key leader in American conservative politics, subtitle, Rebuilding the America We Love. So here on Praying for America, we like to bring to your attention books that, that go along with the themes that we're uh, articulating on this program. So Beyond Biden, 
President Trump calls it a fantastic book. Rebuilding the America We Love. What is Newt Gingrich trying to do in this particular book? He's trying to get us to think beyond the current administration. The current administration, of course, is doing so much damage. There's so much incompetence. There's so much dis dissatisfaction, as we were just referring to by the numbers, right? So, but then what's beyond this? How do we rebuild? We will win in the future. We will have the opportunity to rebuild. It's a theme that President Trump is constantly uh, bringing up in uh, his rallies, which, by the way, Saturday night, you're ready, right? You're ready to watch uh, the rally that he's going to bring to us uh, from uh, Wyoming, Casper, Wyoming. It's going to be four o'clock mountain time. Uh, so uh, in other words, five o'clock central and and six o'clock Eastern time, Saturday evening, the 28th, uh, right side broadcasting, of course, will be uh, bringing it to you. So will we at, at, at Priests for Life. Uh, we have that special website, PresidentTrumpRallies.com, PresidentTrumpRallies.com. And of course, on RSBN and on our page, you can see the past rallies. We, of course, use the stream that comes from RSBN, and we're very grateful for that. Um, but in his rallies, he talks about this. He says, you know, things are really bad, you know, and he'll go through the litany of things that are bad. We all know it. But then he'll say, we can take it back. And we have to have that conviction. Because that conviction then goes to the heart of what we were just talking about in terms of all these primary elections, the need to vote, uh, the need to get involved. So beyond Biden building back uh, America, we should be confident that we have a message that appeals to the country at large. It's not, uh, you know, these bubbles of, of Los Angeles and New York City and Washington, D.C. that define what America is. And um, we, we are, of course, and, and Newt Gingrich explains in this book, how we are at a fever pitch battle between those who believe America is an exceptional nation and defend this nation, and those who are literally anti-American, some of whom are at the levers of power in our country. Beyond Biden, check it out, by Newt Gingrich. Let me know what you think. You get these books and we can discuss them in more detail uh, on uh, future uh, episodes. Let's go back to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the, these resources that you give us. We thank you for the, the vision that we have of America, a nation that is exceptional, a nation that is built on respect for life. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, for the ability to articulate, to pass along to our children, and to defend in the public square uh, these values, uh, these positions, these virtues, these opportunities. We thank you, Lord, because we, we do look beyond this current administration, beyond the current distress in which the vast majority of our fellow citizens are not, are not happy, either with the performance of the president or the, or the direction our country is taking. Uh, so, Lord, give us that spiritual vision. Give us the spiritual strength to think beyond, to look beyond what is going on at the moment and to know that, yes, indeed, we can take our country back, rebuild the security, the economy, the prestige of our nation on the, on the international scene, our values, our religious freedom, our respect for life, the protection of the unborn, and so much more. We can rebuild, 
because we have the heart and the soul of the vast majority of the American people. We are indeed, Lord, looking in one direction, pushing in one direction. We have far, far more unity than the other side would have us believe. This is not a 50-50 country. This is not a 50-50 division in this nation. It is a very, very small group of people who constitute the radical left, the destructive culture of the, the woke radical left. No, Lord, this is a small percentage and we refuse to believe that our nation is in is under their control ultimately. Riot, raise up your people. Let them rise to this occasion with confidence and bless us all as we pray and work for America. We pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends, for watching, and uh, connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And let's continue to gather together each night, spread the word about this program as we continue to pray and work for America. God bless all of you, keeping your intentions in prayer, and we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.